Welcome to the Love the Skin You're In podcast with Nisi and Bill, where we hope you too can find body acceptance and self-empowerment through nudism. Welcome back to the Love the Skin You're In podcast. This is our second episode. It's going to be a two-parter. Uh, it's going to be titled, Our Journey Begins. In this first episode, you're going to hear Denise interviewing me about my journey into nudism and how it helped my life and led me to body acceptance. Originally, this was when it was recorded, this was going to be the second episode of the two episode series um, but what happened was Denise's story was originally going to go first because you know ladies first and I really want a woman's perspective to be the driving force with this podcast however Denise's story is very very visceral and emotional for her and as we're putting things together we realized that we needed to polish it a little bit more and maybe you know re-record a couple sections so we can convey the message she wants to convey in such a way that it's the most helpful for the listeners so as you listen to this podcast please keep in mind that it was recorded second supposed to go second but we decided to go ahead and air it first so if you hear a reference to now that you, now it's my turn or you've heard my story already or whatever else like that, please understand it was originally supposed to air second. So please sit back and t- give us a listen and hopefully my story will help some folks out there and here it is. So now it's my turn to interview you, Bill. Okay, go easy on me. I'll be as honest as I can. I'm looking forward to this, actually. Go ahead. Okay. It's a little bit more lighthearted now. Um, So where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Massachusetts in a town called Billerica. If you look on the map, it's Billerica. But no, we call it Billerica. Some flippant people from Massachusetts call it Bricka. No, it's not. It's Billerica. Anyway, Billerica is a at that time, was a blue-collar town about 20 miles northwest of Boston. We had a lot of uh, trains, but carpenters, you know, uh, truck drivers, you know, blue-collar folks. In fact, if you ever watched uh, This Old House, Tom Silva, the master carpenter that's on that show all the time, I went to school with his kids. That's where he lived. He lived in Bill Ricca. Um, it was a Norman Rockwell-esque existence, I guess, when I was a child. Apparently the last of a generation, we were the last ones to ride our bikes till the dark. You know, streetlights come on, get your butt home. Wherever you were at at lunchtime, that family fed you lunch. Sometimes dinner, you know, you're supposed to come home for dinner, but if you were out in your buddy's house and it was dinner time, sit down, you're eating, and you better hope you liked it because if you didn't eat it, your mom got a phone call before you even got home. <laughs> you know, it, it was a... You know, I went to church, uh, Boy Scouts, played sports. You know, my parents were old school, Democrat, conservative type folks. Dad was a union member, a union steward. Mom was a stay-at-home mom when we were younger. Went to work as a waitress and a restaurant manager as we got older. You know, it was it was a working class, very family-oriented upbringing. So, uh, how was nudity treated in your home? It wasn't. Yeah, it was. That's funny you say that because no, um, nudity was not a thing in our house. Not a thing at all. My mom used to call our private parts the dirty parts, or in the Boston accent, those are your dirty pots. Cover them up. 
You know, don't be fresh. <laughs> uh, you know, you know my mom. That's what my right. mom talks. Don't be fresh. Put your clothes on. Uh, no, but uh, you know, it was very much. You got nude to take a shower, take a bath. It, it's not something. I mean, I have just very few memories of ever seeing my parents nude. Never mind anybody else. You know, it's. Right. Uh, I can remember. I was probably f- well as a as a young boy. You know, we we have two brothers. And uh, my dad, we'd, you know, we'd all jump in the shower with dad, kill two birds with one stone. You know, it's one of those things. They'd jump in, soap up, get out, get out, you know, dad. Didn't. So that that ended probably, I was probably four or five. Because my, my brothers at that point, um, there's three years between us, you know. So that happened less and less. But uh, I have two memories that I can really recall of ever seeing my mother nude. Uh, one, I was probably about four years old. And I don't know if I was toilet training or what, but I was sitting on the... Okay, let me back up for a second. In Massachusetts, it's very rare at that time, and maybe even still today in some of the older towns, to have more than one bathroom in the house. I can't even imagine. Yeah, every <laughs> no, everybody <laughs> shared the bathroom. Everybody took turns. And if you had to go to the bathroom and someone was in there, either you went in your pants, went outside, or held it, or just went. You went in the bathroom and you said, I'm coming in, don't come out. You know, one of those things. And never do a number two when someone's in the shower. That was the rule. So I was about four years old and I can remember sitting on the toilet. So I may have been toilet training. I don't know, but I was going to the bathroom and I know the shower water shut off. And my mom ripped open the shower curtain, saw me, let out a, ah, Billy, covered herself up, <laughs> pulled, pulled the shower curtain back. And I was quickly ousted out of the bathroom, you know. That's, and I, I, I do remember that. I, I, like I said, I was probably about four years old. So my mom was in her young, you know, early 20s then. So, and then fast forward, uh, I was thinking about this just a minute ago. Uh, we later moved to a different house again with one bathroom. And, in, and so everybody took turns. And I can remember at that time, I was probably about the eighth grade in our house, our living room. We lived in a Cape Cod style house. There was two bedrooms upstairs, two bedrooms downstairs, living room and kitchen, and the one bathroom. Mm-hmm. So from the bathroom door to the couch was maybe seven feet, right? Okay. So I was in the couch, watching television. My 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 dad and my brothers, and then we're watching TV. I pro- I think it was a Sunday evening, just because we would always in Sunday evenings. My dad worked a lot, so if my dad was in the living room, it was probably on Sunday evening. It was that that was our you know. You, what, uh, wonderful world of Disney evening, you know, we right, all sit around and watch right. television or whatever, you know. So I think I was about in the eighth grade and my mom had gone through a bunch of medical issues at this point. She'd, she'd gone through ovarian cancer and, uh, I'm not ovarian cancer, uh, uterine cancer. Um, and she'd had, she'd had some medical complications at this point in her life and she was in taking a shower and all of a sudden we heard a, ah, and a crash, you know, and we jumped up and run in the bathroom and mom had had a medical episode and she'd fallen and, of course, she grabbed the shower curtain, so the shower rod come down. We get in there. She's a big bundle of wrapped up the shower curtain, laying in the tub. And, of course, she was nude. And at that point, you don't think about anything. But, Mom, are you okay? Grab a towel. Grab her up. Wrap her up. You know. So, honestly, in my life, it was the only two times I ever remember seeing my mom nude. So, nudity was not something that I was accustomed to in my house growing okay, up. So, since you didn't grow up a nudist... When was the first time you heard the word nudist or nudism? <laughs> it's funny you say that because um, I didn't know what it was, but you ever remember the show MASH? Hawkeye Pierce. <laughs> well, everyone our yeah. age knows oh, yeah, the okay. show So Mash. Hawkeye Pierce and his nudist colony and nudism magazines. That's the first time I ever heard of it. such a funny so, word to me. To it is. Yeah, nudist. you hear it now and you, you look back and it's like, <laughs> there's no, we don't live in colonies. That's for lepers. No, yeah. no, <laughs> no, it was funny because the only time I'd ever heard of you know, nudism 
was, you know, I can remember he had uh, nude volleyball magazines and it was all tales of the nudist colony. And that was, that's, that's the first time I ever heard the words. It's just funny you say that. Yeah, yeah. And it, and I had no idea what it was, but the way the show played it, I kind of thought it was naughty, right? Because uh-huh. it was all about Hawkeye. He was a womanizer, and now he's got these nudie magazines, and the nudie magazines were not Playboy, because Playboy wasn't a thing in 1952 when the show was set. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was still pornography, so this was, a this was I guess there was all kinds of lawsuits that allowed these magazines to exist back then, but that's basically what it was. And even though the magazines, looking back on it, you know, 70 years later, were very non-sexual, that's what folks had. So, I mean, th- so I always equated nudism and, nu- and, and nudist colonies or whatever, nudist to naughty. That, 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 that was my experience. Okay, so with you kind of growing up with nudism and and stuff being a naughty thing and your private parts being the naughty dirty pots, parts the dirty pots, dirty the, pots. Dirty, the, the dirty pots were you comfortable with your body growing up you know i was always the fat kid you know i i i can remember i wore husky pants tough skin husky pants we bought at sears and roebuck right so i was always heavy i was picked on a lot i was bullied a lot as a young kid and then as I came into my teen years, I developed cystic acne. So I then I went mm-hmm. from the fat kid to fat kid with the pizza face, right? Mm-hmm. So I had a very, very low self-esteem. I really did. I can remember, you know, just, I honest to God, I really, really was bullied a lot. And, and it got to the point where I was in such a mental state that my parents realized something was going on. And they actually pulled me out of public school and they sent me to a Catholic high school for ninth grade Mm -hmm. and that got me out of the environment that I was in the bullying I'd been going through and the things that had gone on in my life to that point and it gave me a chance to reset maybe Mm -hmm. and that kind of started a a journey for me I I started studying martial arts I played football I got put on Accutane you know started you know my my pizzas my bags that started to drive up dry up and got a girlfriend you know so I was so I started to come out of that part of hating myself at that point in my life you know so at what point did you discover nudism was it then well no not really um that came later on you know we were talking about body acceptance and you know after high school i went in the army and uh i became a soldier i became a soldier and boy my body changed a lot. I became buff. I was all, you know, super excited about, look at me. I can remember coming home for Christmas. This is hilarious to me looking back on it because I so hate running. But I came home. At the time I went in the Army, I was a military policeman. They sent us to Fort McClellan, Alabama, and I got sent there right after Labor Day. And the trading the program was 16 and a half weeks at that time, but we had breaks in training for thanksgiving we got like four days off for thanksgiving we couldn't go anywhere but then we had what they call christmas exodus they shut down training for two weeks at christmas and everybody gets sent home so i'm not even i'm maybe three quarters away through my training i'm running five miles three days a week muscle failure workouts three days a week you know so i'm really into physical exercise came home for christmas and i actually went running on leave i got out in in the cold massachusetts air biting my lungs i can remember running two or three miles you know every other day just to so i could stay in shape 
that looking back on it now, that's hilarious to me. Because if I'm running now, you better hope you're faster than me because something's chasing me that's going to kill me. There's just, <laughs> uh, and I'm out of bullets. That's, you know, that, I'm running because it, it's fixing to get bad. But I became very confident in myself, very self-confident, almost arrogant. I mean, kind of, yeah, kind of a jerk, you know, because of my new body. I was maybe too confident. Um, fast forward about two years, uh, I had a pretty serious injury in the military uh, involving it's a story for another time, but a uh, gunshot wound to my leg. Um, I couldn't run. I was put on profile. Started profile means if you're put on profile in the military means you're 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 restricted from physical activity. Um, and because of my injury being what it was, I couldn't run. I couldn't work out. My my weight started to really balloon mm-hmm. to the point where I was actually discharged from the army honorably. Uh, for failure to maintain army weight control standards and my weight started to really grow from there um, uh, I think I mentioned this in the first episode that we recorded that you know um, in the course of five years from my discharge my weight doubled mm-hmm. literally doubled I gained over 200 pounds in the course of about five years um, which of course led to depression you know, this is this is going to get a little heavy. Um, at that point in my life, I uh, I I went to work for the University of Massachusetts Police Department. Uh, I was working the the radio room at, at one point and contemplating everything I wanted to do. I mean, I even did the Redux and the Fen Fen, trying to do everything I could do to get the weight off because I I just I I really really. You know, it's it's a term you hear. I don't know if you hear. I don't know if many people hear it. People in my circle will understand this when I say this. There were times I just wanted to suck start a Glock. You know, that's pretty harsh, but that's kind of where I was at. I was so depressed and loathed myself, hated myself, couldn't stand to look at myself. Wouldn't be. I wouldn't take a shirt off. You know, I was naked to get in the shower. If we took the kids to the beach, I had a t-shirt on in the water, and it wasn't a light color t-shirt. It always had to be dark because if a t-shirt was wet and it was light colored, of course you can see through it. And I was embarrassed. I had man boobs. the The whole nine, whole nine yards. It was. It was. It was a terrible time in my life, and I can remember. Uh, just I just did not want to. Uh, I did. I. I didn't want to go on. It, it, it was it was really, really a tough time for me. So I mean that was that was something. Yeah. Anyway, let, let, let <laughs> let's move on a little bit. I, I I'm not there anymore. So as I sit back and I think of that, and you know, it brings back some memories that you know, yeah, they're there, but I've moved so far beyond them. So that you know, so that that that's how low I got. So at what point did nudism become part of your life? Well, you know, I didn't know what I was looking for. Um, I was, like I said, I was working for the police department, and, and now I'm really going to age myself because I'm going to talk about something that most people probably don't even remember or don't even know. Uh, back before the World Wide Web, the Internet did exist. Uh, if you think back, if you've ever seen the movie War Games, you know, they dialed into computers, and you, it was all text-based. Well, at that time, uh, as the Internet started to explode, there were bulletin boards, message boards, things like that you had. And there used to be a thing called Usenet news groups, Usenet news groups. And they were about every topic under the sun, hot rod, uh, 
you know, rec dot hot rod, rec dot baseball, rec dot whatever. And I was stumbling through. It was three o'clock in the morning. Nothing going on. Things are quiet. And I'm working the desk, and I'm on the terminal. And when I say terminal, that's what I meant. It was a dumb terminal. It wasn't even a computer. It was like green screen, you know, and didn't have a mouse. It was up and down arrows. I mean, we're talking ancient <laughs> stuff here, right? So I was actually working the desk, and I was flipping through, flipping through all these different Usenet uh, news groups. And I stumbled upon Rec Nude, Rec.Nude. And I was early 20s and, you know, a guy. Hey, and I'm why like, not? Oh, I'm like, hey, what's that? Right? <laughs> so I clicked on it and I started reading. And what Rec Nude was, was a nudism discussion group. It wasn't naughty. Of course, I kind of maybe went there thinking it was because I was three o'clock in the morning. I was bored. Right? But no, when I got in there, I started reading and I started hearing about places, you know, like resorts and places you know and then people talking about body acceptance and i found myself again and i i'm comfortable in my own skin i'm like oh my god this this is interesting and i i really 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 got into reading it to the point i was starting to print stuff out so i could read it later and you had to go at that time we didn't have printers you had to go over to the computer lab and get the paperwork and i don't know if i ever told you this but this actually happened i got pulled into the chief of police office and i was interrogated no, as to not told me oh this. yeah 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 <laughs> chief Rowe. he turned out to be a very good man very good to me but he was old school chief Rowe, his eyeballs almost exploded he goes what's this stuff about you looking up naked beaches and i'm like chief that's not what it is at all so i i got me and a sergeant from internal affairs and the chief are in a room and i got a union rep there and i'm trying to explain to him no it's not naughty no it's not dirty look at that i don't want to look at that you know it, it, it oh was my goodness. so i was i was given a written reprimand and held in abeyance, which that means it wouldn't go into my file unless I did it again for one year for looking at naked beaches on the internet. And it was like I said, there's no pictures; it was just words. So I mean, it was that. That's how old it was. So that was my first experience with you know what social nudism was, right? Beyond the Hawkeye Pierce and right. par- apparently Chief Rowe was a Hawkeye Pierce fan because I'm in trouble now because <laughs> I I happen to print out something. And the, and the reason I printed out honestly was because no one had internet access at the home. I mean, maybe some people had CompuVision and things like that, you know, back in the you day. You really are dating I am yourself. dating myself. You know, this is before <laughs> Yahoo, right? So uh, so they, I didn't have access to it at home. So what I, I want, I was married at the time, of course, and um, I, I really felt that I this is something I wanted to explore. So I'd printed this stuff out, and thank God I got it home before I got called in the chief's office. I probably got burned, you know. I don't. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. So I, I got, you know, all of that experience really got me to the point where I really, really think that that was an opportunity for me to feel comfortable in my own skin again, and I really wanted to explore it. So that really is what made me want to give it a try. I really, I, I think I really wanted. That's where I went. You know, that's why I went with it. So you decided you wanted to give it a try. So what was your first time like? Well, I mean, I had to build up the nerve first. 
you know, I, I, and I was married, so I, I brought that stuff home to my wife at the time. And, um, I, I, I talked about it at home, you know, and I said, you know, I really would like to give this a try. And she's like, you're nuts. It's all about sex. You went there because of sex. I'm like, no, no, seriously, this is something, you know, I didn't share a lot of the depression and the thoughts and the suicidal ideations and the loathing with, with my wife at the time because I didn't want her to worry. I'm a guy. This is, this is my stuff. This is, you took it all on I yourself. I took it all on myself. And, of course, you know, she'd had two kids by this point, and her body had changed drastically. And, you know, so it, we were both in a similar place, right? So I started talking about this, and she's like, I don't know, I don't know. So what I started doing is after we put the kids to bed at night, I'd get nude and I'd sit in the living room and I'd, you know, watch television and just, just try to try to find, you know, some peace with my body just there in the living room. And she kind of went along with it for a while. And then one, I can remember one time came home from work and uh, it was, I was working the night shift. So I, it was like midnight and she was awake and I walked in, she was on the couch and this is, <laughs> I kind of got in trouble, but it, in the end it really worked out well. Walked by, went in the bedroom, and I went to get undressed. And as I walked back in the living room, she's standing there, and she's looking at me, and she's, she's nude. She goes, you didn't even notice I was sitting on the couch naked. <laughs> I'm like, no, I didn't. Really? I'm like, well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, I, I've been sitting here talking to you about how it's not nudity is not sexual to me in the sense that, you know, it is just the visual aspects of seeing someone nude is not sexual to me. Am I really in trouble right now because I didn't look at you as a sex object? So that kind of deflated the situation a little bit, and I kind of got myself <laughs> out of trouble. And we started talking about it, and um, like I said, I printed off all this stuff about different resorts and places to go. And at that time, um, I had discovered within driving distance was a resort um, called Solaire Recreation League. And I had convinced my wife that, you know, we're, we need to give this a try. And so she, we, before we would do that, she, she started being nude around the house and, you know, we, 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 we got comfortable with her and I being nude around each other in a non-sexual environment, you know, non-sexual way. But she was like, I don't know, this, this is too huge for me. So she convinced her girlfriend to give it a go. Her girlfriend was kind of a free spirit. She was kind of crazy. I did. Yeah. I'll just go. She was a little bit nuts. So I'll just put it that way there. She was up for anything. There, that girl had no filter. She, you know, oh, oh, don't look now. She's got her boobs out. I mean, that she was like, she was like, yeah, I'm down. I'll go. I'll go. So we decided to give it a go, and we went to Solaire Recreation League in Woodstock, Connecticut. Um, Solaire has been around for a very long time. It's still there to this day. It's one of the you know prominent, preeminent nudist resorts in the country. So it was kind of cool. We we decided we we're going to make the trek. Um, and we drove down there. Uh, so we drove it down, and you know, you get there, you pull up, and we're, we're, of course we're nervous as you know, proverbial um, lady of the night in church driving down there. You know, <laughs> we're, we're getting in, and you get to the, you had to ring a bell, and they said, "Well, come on up to the office, park by the office, come inside." I said, "Okay." So the three of us walk in the office, and there's a young lady behind the desk, and she's fully clothed, right? I'm like, okay, so we have to fill out the paperwork for background check, all the different things you got to do, and then right. they, you have to take it. You're gonna, we're gonna take you on a, 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 
uh, tour. You know, we'll get one of the members to give you a tour of the facility, mm-hmm. and then you can go back, get to your car, get comfortable, and, you know, enjoy your day. So as we're talking, we're filling out. Here comes one of the staff workers, and, uh, yeah, he was not dressed. And he was, oh, yeah. And it just got really real because, um, wow, he looked way different than me. I'll just leave, I'll just put it that way. I you know I'm an, I'm a fat Irish guy and I'm like holy crap this just got real, and I looked at the girls and their eyeballs were like saucers. I'm like oh sh- shit, <laughs> in for a penny, in for a pound. Here we go. So we got out and we walked outside and there's our tour guide, heavy set guy like me, kind of put me at ease, right. naked as the day he was born, wearing nothing but flip flops and a smile. <laughs> Get on the golf cart, and they're going to give us a ride around. And uh, so it's a really cool place. They have a lake, a spring-fed pond lake, and then they had a full big pool, and then they showed us around. There's, you know, people whose houses live there year-round. There was camping lots, and there was, you know, tent camping, and they had a rifle range. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, I was I like, like oh, oh, hell yeah, I'm a gun guy. This <laughs> Look at this place. And I'm looking at my wife going, hey, look at this. This is great, you know. It turns out. Solely our recreation league actually started as a rod and gun club, and over the years it morphed. And they, in their original charter, was for a rod and gun club. And Solar Recreation League is a subsidiary of the rod and gun club. Ah. And it's kind of a neat. They actually till still to this day have. You can be an associate of a Solar, but you're not a member of the gun club. You, it's a separate membership within the umbrella organization. It's kind of cool. So Solaire explained to us, that, and I don't know if it's still the same now, and I'm, I'm going back 30, wow, 30-something years in my memories here. Uh, at the time, I think it was five times, but at the time they had a rule, you could visit for five times. And after that fifth visit, you either had to join as an Anner associate member through the club or join as an associate, you know, be, join the club, or you weren't welcome back. Uh, because they don't want looky-loos they want if you're going to be part of this they really want you to be part of it so what they did they devised a system and i i I was on their website a little while ago the system's still in place but i don't know the particulars the rules anymore but they gave you a basically a business card with your name on it and it was like it was sectioned off think like the old school train tickets you know the conductor come by and punch your ticket you know Mm -hmm. and the rule was you had to meet with a member of the membership committee on each of your five visits and then if you wanted to come back you would apply for uh you would apply for membership and they would talk to the folks who met with you through your five visits to see if something you know they wanted to invite to be a member and the membership committee at the time was was you could tell who they were they were a yellow hat i had a yellow towel or they had a yellow flag by their chair and um you're, it was incumbent upon you as a as a guest to meet with the member you had to seek them out right mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of cool because you're, you're gonna have to have a conversation with somebody you didn't come with so it's kind of you know okay so they did that we went back to the car and i can remember distinctly we i know i'm like you know what this is it i stripped off naked grabbed my towel threw it over my shoulders and um the girls were on the other side of the car and i was watching them and my, and my ex-wife um from a very young age very early puberty she developed extremely large breasts i mean she she her whole life she was dealing with gropes and stares and snickers and comments so even before her body changed from children she had 
issues with her body like many women do and as a father to a you know as a husband of many years and a father to a daughter guys don't know what that's like mm-hmm. i still I, I know how much it affects people but i can't speak to what it feels like for a woman to be objectified that way right right so she spent her whole, whole life being objectified. Now here she is about to step off into this new world. And they got the girls brought really long towels and they laid them over their necks and they arranged them just so, you know, so to drape them over their dra- Their boobs were covered. You know, they're, 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 they're going to, you know, don't look at them from the back. You see the crack of their butt, but by God, you know, yeah, you know, the, the dirty pots, yeah, <laughs> mom, the dirty pots were covered, right? So we walk down to the beach, and this is this is the moment. This is you know the, the defining moment of my journey to body acceptance. And I I've told this story a lot. I know you've heard it, but I'm sharing mm-hmm. it here because it's it's extremely extremely powerful. Um, so we walk down to the beach, and we set our chairs down, and we set our cooler down, and we're sitting down. And, and across the beach, I, I hear a hey. I look up, and here comes this woman. She was probably late fifties, early sixties. She's got a yellow hat on. She's naked as the day she is born, has one large breast and one very large mastectomy scar. And she walks up to us, and I don't remember her name, so I've always called her Sally for the sake of sharing this. And she puts out her hand. She goes, hi, I'm Sally. They call me the Solar Single. And I was just deflated. I was like, oh, my God. It gives me goosebumps. I mean, and I'm like, and she had the biggest smile on her face. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you came. And I'm sitting there, you know, just mesmerized, thinking, oh my God, this woman is so confident in herself. Mm -hmm. And she has gone through something so traumatic. And all I'm worried about is being fat. Right. Dude, get over yourself. And at that moment, that moment, I became a nudist. Because right. I had found what I was looking for. My perspective, my my thought of how I looked, that depression was just, it, it was lifted. I mean, that, that, was, that was something, you know, that was amazing to me. And that, that visit turned out to be so defining. Um, a lot of folks in the naturist community, nudist community, know what I'm about to tell you. But a lot of folks who are listening for the first time probably don't know this. But there was a gentleman who was one of the members there. He was on the board of directors. Uh, his name was Carol Spinney or Ed. Anybody who met, he was, he was Ed. What a lot of people don't know is Ed's day job, he was world famous. When I tell you who Ed was, you're not going to believe it, but it's true. And it's a big part of the reason why I felt so comfortable. And I was in, later on brought my children to Solaire. Um, well, one of my children, because the, Caitlin was a very, very little baby, and it, she couldn't be outside in the heat all day. But anyway, so um, Ed Spinney was Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch on Sesame Street. Solaire was 45 minutes from New York City. He commuted every day, put on a big yellow suit, act like a bird. Can you blame the guy for wanting to be naked when you get home from work? <laughs> but no, Ed, Ed Spinney lived there full time. In fact, when he passed, he passed there. You know, he lived there full time. Mm-hmm. But but Ed was something else because you'd be there and there, understand this is an Anner Park American Association for Nude Recreation. So it, it's family friendly nudism. 
And the kids had walked by the trash cans, and Ed would do his Oscar Grouch voice. Hey, let me out of here. Someone locked my house, you know, and in, in, in the Oscar the Grouch voice. And the kids are like, what, what, what in the world? And then he'd, you know, he'd be in the back, you know, the, we'd be doing some kind of activity with the kids, and he'd be in the back of the, the the pavilions or something and talking in his big bird voice. Hey, kids, what are you doing? You know, I can't do yeah, big bird Oscar the Grouch. Say, but, you know, I mean, not even bird. close. I, I'm, I'm butchering it. But you get you get the idea. And it, it just, and these kids were, you know, their eyes were, they were mesmerized. And it was just something to see that, you know, that was just a caring, fun wholesome activity and ed made an impression on me he really did so late later on of course we went we visited a couple times more or more than a couple times we didn't hit our five but um you know that was one of the things that made me want to go back but you haven't brought that up i do want to kind of throw in here that eventually i do want to do an episode of uh, famous or historical nudists. Oh yeah, I think that'd so be great. That'd throw be cool. that yeah, out yeah, there yeah, to yeah. y'all. Yeah. So to, that was that was our first episode. You know, that was our my first foray into nudism. So after that first visit, did you continue in the lifestyle? Yeah, I, I you know, as we say lifestyle, we, we're meaning the nudist lifestyle. I don't want to have any connotations. Yeah, not yeah, not, not lifestyle. That's got quotes. a whole nother, That's got a whole nother definition. But for lack of a better term, the nudist lifestyle. Um, yeah, we did. Um, we visited Solaire a few more times. Um, uh, of course, you're raising kids, so your 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 social time, your ability to do things is very diminished because you're doing kid stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we did become the Nike house. You know, we're naked around the house all the time. Um, we visited another resort a couple times in New Hampshire called Cedar Waters Village. Cedar Waters is not an affiliated club. And what by, I mean by that is they are an independent entity, a private club. Uh, they, they do invite visitors and things, but they're not affiliated with Anner or the Nature Society or any other society. They're, they're a family, multi-generational, family-owned club. They've got a beautiful facility. There's, they don't have a pool, but they have a lake that's big enough that you can water ski on and sail, and it's, they own all the property around the lake. And um, they're very much a uh, Christian-based uh, facility. In fact, the very first time I went to Naked Church, <laughs> that's a thing folks went naked church i went to a service on a sunday at cedar waters village and i was listening to a sermon delivered by a man who was naked as i was sitting there listening to it and it was a, for, for an irish catholic that was an experience i was like wow this is totally different so we, we visited a few of those things and occasional skinny dip here and there because you know, of course with the kids uh, then we moved to arkansas we moved back to arkansas in 1998 at that time, my oldest was four, and uh, the, my daughter was just, they're 15 months apart, so we moved in uh, February of 98, so at that point, um, we're like four and 18 months, 19 months, they, they, were, they were not very old, they were, they were young. So we moved to Arkansas, and like I said, we became the Nakey House. But Arkansas, for folks who don't know, and again, we're, I, I mentioned this in our first episode, that you know Arkansas is uh, it's illegal to even talk about the benefits of nude recreation. You can't advocate for it. You can't talk about it. You can't participate in it. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty draconian. In fact, I, another story for another time, there was a time I was trying to you know test that in the court of law, and it didn't work. 
not for lack of trying. But anyway, so no, so we came to Arkansas and we became the Nakey House. We're we're you know we're home. We're naked at home. Everyone, I think maybe two or three times since we moved to Arkansas. Uh, we were at a friend's house, house sitting one time, and I decided I'm going skinny dipping. And the kids were like, Dad, where's your bathing suit? I don't need it. And I jumped in the pool, you know. <laughs> and and my wife's like, Are you done? I'm like, Yeah, I'm done. All right, I gotta. So I, you know, I get up and get dressed. But you know, and then as the kids got older, uh, puberty hit, and you know, the naked house kind of went away. You know, so that 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 happened, and you know, so as much as I wanted to continue in the lifestyle, I was basically it, it came to uh, an eventual end. What eventually brought you back to nudism? Well, fast forward another 15 years or so and my marriage ended. Uh, I got a divorce. Uh, Like I I found myself, like many, you know, the life you thought you had changed uh, for many reasons. And I was back to contemplating my life I you know I I got depressed you know I was married for 24 years almost 23 years and 23 and a half years I was married and no matter what the relationship was you know when a relationship like that ends you you mourn a loss I mean that's a real thing you you mourn a loss you don't know what the loss is you don't know what you've truly lost but you know you're in mourning or you don't know you're in mourning you you are and of course depression sets in and, you know, all the things that, you know, you know, here I am now. Uh, in the course of that time, um, I, for, for medical reasons, had had gastric bypass surgery. So I didn't have the body image issues that I had previously mm-hmm. in my life when I had gotten so big. You know, I, I, oh, I didn't share that. So my, I said my weight had ballooned, but over the course of time, uh, it got to the point where I, my heaviest, I was 438 pounds. And in 2010, I had gastric bypass surgery. And by the time I got divorced, I got separated in 2014. And by the time I got divorced, I had hit my plateau in my weight loss journey. So at that time, I was actually lighter than I had been since I got out of the service. So my body image physically had changed, but mentally I was still that fat guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I really was struggling with my body image in the sense that, yeah, you've lost all this weight, but you're still fat. So all the self-doubt, all the confidence that I had gained had gone away. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that had to do with, of course, you know, I was in a mental state that I'd never, you know, marriage had ended. You know, you're fighting depression. You're doing all these things. And I decided, you know what? I remembered how empowering it was when I discovered nudism back in the day. And I said, you know what? I want to do that again. I I, want to find that part of me again. And I committed myself at that point that um, I'm going to go back to it. So where are you now as it relates to nudism? Well, as you well know, um, (laughs) I have fully embraced nudism. Um, Through our relationship and our, our growth, we are, of course, members of Oak Lake Trails Nature's Park in, in Oklahoma. We're members of Anner. Uh, we are the founders and facilitators of a local non-native group that we do a lot with in the wintertime more than anything here in the local Fort Smith, Arkansas area. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we started doing this podcast. You know, I've pretty much I've found my happy place again. I am back to being not, I'm not in love with myself but totally accepting myself for who I am. Yeah, I'm fat. You know what? I'm not buff no more. You know what? I don't care. 
don't care. Don't care. <laughs> you don't like what you see? Turn your face. None of my business. That's it's not my problem. It's yours. So I, I've I've come back into loving the skin I'm in again. I, I I do love the skin I'm in because it's mine. I own it all. So does your family know? Ah, here you go. That's the big one for a lot of folks. Right. Um, our immediate family knows, of course, you know, we've, we've told all of our children, um, and of course, by nature of them being married, their, their spouses know. And I think maybe some of their in-laws know, I don't, I don't know for sure. Well, I know in, in our daughter's case, I know her yes. in-laws know, um, my parents, I've never flat out said it, but I don't, you know, remember my mom with the dirty pots, right? You know? I have a funny story about my mom that's not mine to share on a podcast, but I've shared it in person. And sometime I'll tell you a funny story about my mom and, and skinny dipping. But uh, <laughs> but no, it's, I, I mean, I, I don't care. It was funny. My mom and dad came in last last summer. They came into town for uh, actually last fall. Uh, they came into town for our daughter's wedding. And we talk about camp all the time. When we refer to uh, Oak Lake, we call it camp. And uh, the... Uh, she's like, oh, maybe we'll get a chance to go to camp. I'm like, well, if we have time, yeah, I'm not going to not take you to camp. And I and I told you, of course, and I told the kids, I said, well, here's what I'm going to do. Mimi's going to get in the car. We're going to drive two and a half hours. And as we pull into the gate, I'm going to go, oh, by the way. And then she's either going to start beating the crap out of me in the car or she's going to like turn four shades of red and put her eyes down or she's like we're going to start taking her she goes i figured or you know or i figured you know i i knew there was something why didn't you just say something because i never know what mom i'm gonna get you know there's a bunch of different versions of mom i don't know which version i'm gonna get at any given time so i'm kind of I'm, i'm 50 plus years old i'm still afraid of my mom because i was raised right right so you know so the kids know mom no uh, my brothers, they don't know. I, I, it's not something. I, I'm not very close to my brothers. Um, and, and over the past couple of years, you know, I've come to realize that we're just very, very different people. I love them. I would do anything in the world for them. But uh, we haven't been close for many years. So that's would, a part of I my life. I wouldn't even venture to guess how they would react. I, uh, I don't know. I, I know my. I have one sister-in-law. I'd be like, hey, cool. And she'd probably be there hanging with us, right? But her husband would be like, I don't know. And my other brother, he's got too many kids, and he's, you know, he's he's my. I'm the oldest of three, and my youngest brother is married to a lady that I get along wonderfully with, and she's a year older than me, and he's six years younger than me, almost seven. So that's why I get along with her. You know, we're the same age, and my middle brother. He's the one with all the kids, and he travels to Europe with football teams and soccer teams, and so he 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 wouldn't even be able to. I don't think I think if I told him, he wouldn't be. It wouldn't process till about you know 20, 2017. You know, he, by the time he got his mind wrapped around, I'd be like, wait a minute, what did you, you say? Twenty twenty seven. That's what I meant. Yeah, twenty twenty seven. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. It'd be, it, it'd take, he you know, he would have to find the DeLorean. Yeah, and go, go back, back in time. time. No, no. If I if I told him now. It'd be about four years from now when his brain would catch up and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, what'd you say? And then, then we'd have the conversation. So no, my no, my 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 family knows the the family that's important knows. And of course, we I think we mentioned this before. Uh, our daughter and her husband join us at the resort. Our our youngest, who's still at home with us, occasionally will join us at the resort. Um, we're nude at home. You know, I have door shorts. Because when I come home from work, I get my comfy clothes and I have a pair of basketball shorts hanging on the front door. So anybody who shows up at the front door, I have if they're not 
if they're if they're nowhere nudist and they're part of the family or part of the crew, they've got the digits to come into the house. So if someone's knocking on my door, they may or may not know I'm a nudist, so I have door shorts, door shorts. so I can answer the door. But yeah, so no, that that's where we're at as far as our family and friends go. So what about your employer? No, Just, no, no, no. So here's the our thing: employees, employees, no. I have four rules for adulting that I have stuck to for the better part of two decades. And the reason I have is because pretty much I've broken every one of them and it's caused me nothing but a headache and you you learn from the mistakes that you've made. And rule number one is you never play where you earn your pay. You're at work, you're, you're work to make a paycheck, not make friends, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I keep my work life and my personal life separate by design a lot of that was i was in law enforcement for almost 30 years you know or public law enforcement and public service for almost 30 years and you you had to right right so i i learned a long time ago you keep your personal life separate from your professional life so you never play where you earn your pay Mm -hmm. which brings me to rule number two um no sex at work you know and i say that it's kind of vulgar but i mean this wholeheartedly you're at work to make a paycheck, not have a relationship, right? I'm, I'm really glad as your wife. Oh yeah, I, you I'm have sure you would. No, but I tell, but I, I share these <laughs> rules with our kids and men, I mentor right. folks, no, and these that. are my rules. And I, and, and, and I'm a boss. I've got employees. I mentor them with this one too. You know, no relationships. No, nope. This never. Nope. Not. Don't do it. And number three, I have is keep your indiscretions. 200 miles from the flagpole and what i mean by that is if you're going to get naked and howl at the moon do it 200 miles away from where you work so you can go to work on monday morning and people didn't say hey look i know what you did so you basically it goes back to rule number one they kind of work in into each other so keep your indiscretions 200 miles from the flagpole that way you can go to work on monday morning no matter what you did on saturday and fourth, and, and this is a big one, is just because you can doesn't mean you should. So those are my four rules for and life. That, and that one you added since re- you've known me. Yes, because. And that's a great one. Yeah, it, yeah because I, I, I became a training officer for young police officers, and I found myself saying that a lot. And as, as I was, you know, these young men and women were coming up, and I'm going like, really? Was I that dumb when I was that age? Uh-huh. I made every mistake they're making, and I had some really good mentors in my life who said, listen, dummy, just because you can doesn't mean you should. So I at, I took that lesson, and I made it part of my four rules for adulting that right. I just shared with you. So, you know, I just, you know, that's that's where I'm at as far as my employers go. I, I do keep everything separate, but it's a, it's a life philosophy, not just a, a, a professional decision. Right. So where do you go from here? Where do I go from here? Well, eventually... As you well know, because it's our plan, it's not me operating in a vacuum, we have hopes and plans to move full-time to Oak Lake Trails and live in paradise. You know, it's not hard to come home from work, not hard to go to work when you're coming home to paradise, right? Exactly. Uh, Eventually, we have plans to retire there, but we've got another good 10 or 15 years of working before we can retire, and we've pretty much made the decision that, you know, I can work there. What, 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 you know, that by the time, if I do it right, and we can move up there and have everything paid off by the time I do retire, not only have I retired to paradise, I've lived the last 15 years of my working life in a place that I would love to come home to. So we, exactly. we our plan is, and it, again, it's 
knock on wood, we're knock our on plan, for Micah. Yeah, for Micah, yeah, the desk. But knock on wood, our plan is in the next year or so to move full time to Oak Lake Trails and live the nudist lifestyle full time, not just on the weekends and occasional vacations. So that that's well, you still my have story. To get to go to work. Yeah, unless I go to work there. But I, I don't know if they can afford me. But I mean, no, <laughs> you know. But you know, that be you know, we have a few friends that do live and work there full time, and they do Quite have the yeah. yeah. So I mean, that that's where I plan to go with it. So, folks, this has been my journey and my story of how I got to being able to say I love the skin I'm in, and hopefully. By hearing our stories, you know, you've heard Denise's already, of course, and now you've heard mine. I hope by hearing our stories, you'll understand what we mean by this is an episode. This podcast is a tool that we want to use to help people come to realize that they can love the skin they're in. So that's that's my story. Yes, we want you to to find your journey. And... Uh... You've done a really good job interviewing me. This is your first. You no, can edit this out. No, I'm not going to edit this out. This, <laughs> you did a great job. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Denise's very first full-blown structured interview, and I think she did an amazing job, and I'm Aww. so glad I got to be her first. You are so, so sweet. Uh, well, that's because, you know, you're cute, and you let me touch your butt, so there's that. <laughs> anyway, all right, folks, thank you so much for listening to us. I hope you us. guys have a great night. Well, there you have it, folks. The first of a two-part series of Our Journey Begins. You heard my story. I hope from me sharing with you my journey, it will help you on your journey. Look to our podcast in the next few days, and you'll have Denise's interview posted. We really appreciate you taking the time from your day to visit with us and listen to us. And hopefully you're going to get something from this. And hey, if you want to be part of the podcast... In the show notes, there are links to different resorts and websites and things, but also at the very bottom, there's an email link to send Denise and I an email with your thoughts, your comments, maybe if you want to join us. Check us out. Send us an email. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again from Nisi and Bill and the Love the Skin You're In podcast. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Love the Skin You're In podcast. Your hosts, Nisi and Bill, hope you enjoy the show and will come back and join us as we explore body acceptance and self-empowerment through social nudity. We hope that this podcast will help show you that you too can love the skin you're in.